Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those big swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. Welcome into another edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. We have you for a full two hours tonight as we take you till 8 o'clock. My goodness, do we have a jam-packed program tonight. Here's what's going to be going on. Uh, Will Leach is going to join us in about 10 minutes. We'll talk Cardinals baseball with him. Uh, Chris Whittingham is going to join us at about 6.35. He's one of the Apple uh, TV broadcasters covering uh, MLS and part of MLS Season Pass. We'll talk with him about uh, City SC at 6.35. We'll talk with John Thayer later on this hour. He's the play-by-play broadcaster for uh, South Dakota football. South Dakota and Mizzou playing tonight. Next hour, it's the Strike Zone. Stan McNeil, senior writer with uh, Cardinals Magazine and Cardinals Publications. He's going to join us in studio for a full half hour and at 7.35 John Parado is going to join us as uh, we'll talk uh, Pirates baseball with him. The Cardinals are getting set to uh, open up a series against the Pirates coming up tomorrow evening. As always, if you would like to uh, join us, you can do so. Multiple ways to get connected with the program. You can call or text 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, or you can go ahead and just tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I was spelling out a password on my computer as I said that, and all of a sudden I realized I can't type letters and say letters at the exact same time. I'm not great with letters. Um, Cardinals have a day off today. They are going to return to action tomorrow, as mentioned, against the Pirates. We talked a lot yesterday about the way the last two uh, games went. There's just there's a little bit of momentum for this team right now, which is nice to have. Again, they're not really playing for anything. The playoffs are off the table. Uh, just even getting to 500 is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly unlikely. But I have been able to just kind of be happy for everybody involved that something good is happening to this team. And these last two games have been that something good. It's been a chance to uh, be able to enjoy Cardinals baseball for a day or two. I hope you've been able to. I know there are some people out there that they just can't enjoy it. They're they're so upset about the way the season is going, so upset about the record, so upset about decisions that were made, that all of that negativity kind of overshadows anything good that might happen. And if that's you, 
you do you. I just I think most people have at the very least been able to uh, enjoy the last couple of days worth of Cardinals baseball with back-to-back walk-off wins. Tommy Edmond the home run yesterday in the ninth inning, and then Tommy Edmond the walk-off RBI single there in the tenth inning uh, the day before. Each day against Josh Hader, which uh, that certainly is something. This NL Central, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch down the stretch. I really think it's a two-team race. Cincinnati at this point is six games back. I don't give them much of an opportunity to climb their way back into the divisional race, but Milwaukee sitting with a three-game lead on the Cubs. Uh, there is a possibility that both those teams could get into uh, the playoffs one way or another because of the wild cards. I, I didn't see that coming. I get, I get things wrong. I get a fair amount of things wrong. I got this entire Cardinal season wrong. Um, I didn't think the Brewers were going to be very good this year. They're 74 and 59 right now. So I got that wrong. I thought the Cubs would be better. I, I kind of feel like I was right about the Cubs, but another thing I definitely got wrong was just the potential of the national league central having multiple playoff teams this year, even with the expanded playoffs. I did not see a scenario playing out where the NL Central was going to get multiple playoff teams. I thought the NL Central was going to be essentially a one-bid division, and we would see multiple teams coming out of the NL East and the NL West. And this season just hasn't played out that way at all. And if the season were to end right now, the playoff teams would be in the National League, the division leaders, the Braves, the Brewers, and the Dodgers – and then from a wild card perspective, the teams uh, that would be getting in would be the Phillies, the the Cubs, and uh, also the Giants. So the way that would work out is I right now it would be the first and second place team from each division, which I kind of like. I, I feel like that shows some – you like it when – one division is not especially better than another division. Now, it's not that way in the American League where the AL Central is just not good at all. Minnesota has a five-game lead on Cleveland, and Minnesota is only uh, four games above 500 at 69 and 65. To put that in perspective, the Cincinnati Reds are 69 and 66, so they basically have the same record as the Twins. If the Reds were playing in the AL Central, they'd be right there at the top of the division. So that AL Central, it is not. It is not a good division. But for the most part this year, uh, we have seen uh, more. I don't know if parity is really the word, but more just kind of. It's more even across baseball now. You have a division like the AL East where everybody is. Um, Pretty good. The Yankees being the last place team are only four games below 500 at 65 and 69. And you would think that there's still a pretty good chance they're going to end up above 500 before all is said and done. All right, we will take a break. And when we return, we are set to be joined by uh, Will Leach. We'll talk Cardinals baseball with him. Are there any positives coming out of what's been a just a wretched year? We'll talk with him coming up in just a moment as we roll on. It's Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Our sports open line rolls on right here on KMOX. Welcome back into the program. We are very happy right now to welcome back on to the show. He's a writer that you can read in many different places. He uh, co-hosts the uh, Scene Red podcast with uh, Bernie Miklas. He is uh, Will Leach, and he joins us right now via the Quiver River Electric guest line. Will, always appreciate you taking some time with us. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. It's, the Cardinals have a day off, so my mood has been improved considerably. <laughs> Well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I, I have a, It's funny. If I've learned anything about the Cardinals this year, as someone that's watched them my entire life, even when they're out of the race and even when they're not playing well, I will still watch every game. <laughs> I, I've got that proven. Cardinal fans have been spoiled for a long time, and yeah, I'm still out there watching. I think a lot of Cardinal fans are too. Yeah, I would agree with that. And not only is it a day off, it's a day off coming off back to back walk off wins. Pretty exciting Absolutely. moment. So you can just bask in the glory that is all things Cardinals baseball right now. It is funny, like it is truly a Pavlovian response that, like when when they when they hit a walk off, I when when Tommy Edmund hit that walk off, and listen. We've been watching Hader knock out the Cardinals for years. No matter what his uniform, they've never been able to hit him or Chapman. It feels like always those hard-throwing left-handers are always guys they've had trouble with. Uh, there, I certainly, my, my response when Edmund hit that homer was not, well, it doesn't matter. Like, I jumped up and yelled, like I think a lot of Cardinals fans do. So it's good to know. I think that speaks well to the fan base moving forward. I know the, the stands have been a little less empty. That was an afternoon game yesterday. I think that's kind of hard. But uh, certainly I think there's still a lot of people watching and still engaged with what's going on. So this is a challenge that I deal with, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. I think what you just said is 100% correct, and I think the majority of Cardinals fans, even in a bad year, get excited about moments like these. But at the same time, social media is social media, and while it might represent a vocal minority, the things you're seeing are from the negative people, the people who have given up, the people who uh, take no joy in what happened the last two days just because it's it's a bad season. And it's it's an odd thing for me because you've got these, these – messages that represent a minority just being thrown at you all the time when they probably don't represent the fan base in whole. Yeah, they, they, they don't. And for the record, that's not just true of Cardinals fans. Like that's generally, of course, what social media is like, obviously I started Deadspin years and years ago. I've been working online for a long time and I, and you, know, you really just kind of realize 
the thing I always think about, do you remember back before there was social media, people would always complain about the media. And what would they always say? The media is so negative. Why is the media so negative? Why, why does the media not report good, happy stories? And, of course, the reason for that is there's, you know, bad news has changed. No one ever turns on the news at 530 and, says, and, and the newscaster says, everything's fine, nothing to worry about, go back to your dinner. Like, like media in a lot of ways is about covering negative things. What we discover about social media, people don't go on social media and say, oh, I'm totally fine, how are you? Like they, they go on social media to complain, to be upset. I would also argue, by the way, if they have truly given up on the Cardinals, they wouldn't be tweeting because they wouldn't be watching the game. <laughs> like Clearly, you know, I think social media lends itself, I think just naturally, toward negative attention. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't things that the, that the Cardinals should be called out on, and I think there's not reasons the fan base should not be frustrated. I do think that that's correct. But I also don't think that the idea of you could take no joy in these games because they don't matter. I, I'll tell you what. I would be curious if you could put a video on the people that did the negative after that homer. I bet their initial reaction was the same as mine. <laughs> was the same as a lot of Cardinal fans. Like, oh, awesome, Edmund. And then later, like, but now I'm online and I'm mad. Like, it's just kind of the way that uh, online media works. And uh, I, I, I would just, uh, I, like, you know, like, how many people call in after a gay, after a loss? to say everything's fine, I'm not worried about it. Like, people are reactive in, in, the, in the current kind of uh, media environment. I don't actually think that necessarily means – I think Cardinal fans are upset, and they should be upset, but I also don't think that Cardinal fans cannot find joy in something as exciting as the last couple of days. We actually have somewhat of an internal joke here after wins that, okay, Cardinals won, so we're not going to have any phone calls on the postgame <laughs> show. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that and I think that is understand like that's the way to think about it. And that's the way to think of social media. Like again, like how often tell me the last time that you saw someone go on social media and just say nothing's really going on today, but you know what? I'm just feeling good about the world. I'm happy and everything's all right. Like people don't do that. No people do in fact think that way all the time. <laughs> and I uh, like not everyone all the time, but there are times in all of our lives, even the most negative person will still feel kind of bad about the world sometimes, kind of great about the world sometimes. Like, but we don't go and tweet that. We don't go and broadcast that to people. We broadcast negativity, which I understand. And I think it's, I, don't, I think it could even be healthy. I just don't necessarily think it's representative. Kevin Wheeler and I were having a conversation earlier today, and we were looking at the – it's obviously a bad season. Nobody wants to see the team winning this, losing this many games, but that doesn't mean there can't be positives that come out of it. And one of those positives is they can just put Jordan Walker in the lineup every single day, even if he was hitting 200 for the better part of six weeks. And he's got seven hits in his last three games. He's coming around. Mason Wynn probably doesn't get called up if they're uh, fighting for the division. So there can be some positive things that happen in a bad season. Yeah, and there could even be positivity that comes out of negative things. Like, listen, what what was one of the reasons we had so many issues earlier this year with the outfield, right? It was like the, the, the whole Paul, the whole Tyler O'Neill hustle thing. If you remember, Marmol's thing that he said after that was, well, we've got a competition going on here. We can't waste that bat. And there's so much of that was the idea you can't waste that bats on young players or guys that are figuring it out because we're trying to win right now. And I think what you're seeing now, you're not just seeing the positive things that you've seen from Wynn and from, um, and from Walker. You're also seeing, you're learning negative things, right? Like I, I have to say, this was a great opportunity for Dylan Carlson to be able to prove that he can be in the lineup every day and produce. That's something that he's complained about in the past and it just hasn't worked out. I mean, that's now a piece of evidence that the Cardinals have moving forward. I think Tyler O'Neill once again, kind of being these scratches, this is nothing against those guys, but like the Cardinals are, the Cardinals are not only trying to figure out 
hey, can win play shortstop every can, can win play shortstop every day next year? Uh, can can Walker get his swing stuff? They're not just trying to figure out positive things. They've got to figure that out that outfield. And this has been an opportunity to say, okay, can you stay healthy, Dylan Carlson? Can you stay healthy, Tyler O'Neill? Can we count on you? And frankly, I think you're kind of discovering that maybe you can't. And I think because of that, that's information that they need. This is really almost like a test tube. And, and for, as a fan, I think that's good information. I might get frustrated. To me, Carlson is someone that I have believed in for a very long time. And I still feel like he is he's under team control for a long time. I feel like giving up on him would be a mistake. But I also think uh, saying – Heading into 2024, saying Dylan Carlson is definitely a part of this outfield is not necessarily something the Cardinals should be doing. And so I think that that's what you can learn from this, too. There's the exciting things that are positive to learn about, like when, and to me, that at bat that he had against Hader was, I, I thought he was toast. I think anyone who's watched mm-hmm. Hader pitching against the Cardinals for years thought he was to- toast. And I think it speaks well for him not just to not just to get that hit, but to get the second base, to see what Walker's doing. But it's also positive to learn okay, we see Matthew Libertor is maybe not ready to be in the, in the rotation for next year. I think that's another thing that's good about this time. Even some of the negative stuff is good to learn moving forward. Are you at all surprised that John Mosellock has been so out there and just talking so openly about they need to bring in three starting pitchers? It really feels like they're almost painting themselves into a corner where they have to make big moves this offseason and there's no way around it. I was surprised he put a specific number on it. I will say that. I was surprised he put a specific number. I, I'm going to take it as encouraging. I know a lot of people, for understandable reasons, have said, oh, well, here we go. I'll believe it when I see it. And I, I, would, and I would understand that if Mo had said, Mo had said, hey, yeah, you know what? We really need to get some pitching, obviously. When you say three, we get to hold you to three. And Mo is not a dumb guy. He knows how to, he knows how to contort himself publicly. He knows what when he says something it will carry away he knows people listen and also he knows that people are frustrated right now so to put a specific number on it there have been arguments that that could be kind of a quiet message to ownership oh i i I don't i don't really know about like reading between the lines on that but certainly the idea that he put a number on it there's a lot one of the biggest cardinals fans frustration i think throughout this year has been the sense wait is our is the team is the ownership is the front office are they as upset as we are? Like, or are they like, this is just a blip of a year and we're going to get back to normal next year. The number of people that have been like, wow, good start for Drew Rahm. I guess he's in the opening day rotation next year. <laughs> you're, you're certainly seeing that kind of cynicism. The idea that, and the, the fear is always they're, they're too complacent in the front office. They're not as upset as we are. When I hear him say three specific pitchers, I am on record as saying that. For him to say that and to know the way the Cardinals fan base is, they pay attention. This is not something you can slip under the radar in Oakland or something. They will watch that. He knew what he was doing. I think the fact that he said that, I actually found kind of encouraging because it shows that like he understands that people are upset. He's upset. Something specific is going to have to be done. He needs to be held to, to that. Now, it's all of our jobs, yours and mine and everyone else, to actually hold him to that. But uh, I don't think he said that accidentally, no. He is Will Leach. You follow him on Twitter at William F. Leach. Uh, Read him all over the place. He is fantastic, and we always appreciate him taking some time for us. Will, thanks, uh, as always, for taking a couple moments with us. 
Of course, enjoy the rest of your weekend. And, hey, go Illini. It's the Illini weekend. I always got a shout-out to my Illini when I'm in there. Take down those Toledo Rockets. All right, very good. I'm a, I'm a fan of Brett Bielma, so, yes. Oh, go. yes. I, I, I'm a fan of him from when he was a defensive coordinator at K-State, so it goes back to Of that. course. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Okay. Whatever. Go Illini. I'll take it. Take care. Take care. <laughs> All right. Well, Leach joining us here on the program. I have a Brett Bielma story that I'll share sometime. But not today, because we've got a very, very, very busy program. Chris Whittingham, he is going to be on the call this weekend as uh, City SC will be back at it. They've got the quick turnaround. They match up against uh, Sporting KC on Saturday, and uh, we'll talk. Uh, they won last night. Good win for them. We'll talk all about City SC in just a moment. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We continue on. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Last night, City SC getting a win against FC Dallas 2-1. And now they've got the quick turnaround as they're going to match up against Sporting KC in Kansas City coming up uh, this weekend. I'm sure a lot of folks uh, from St. Louis will be hopping on I-70 and driving west. This is one of the things we've most been looking forward to, uh, just this rivalry between St. Louis and Kansas City. Uh, Chris Winningham's going to be on the call of that matchup this weekend for uh, Apple TV and MLS Season Pass, and he joins us right now via the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Chris, thanks so much for taking some time with us. How are you? Yeah, no problem. Happy to do it. What's uh, what's your excitement level for this game? Which we saw when the first two time, the first time these two teams played, the intensity from the start was so high, and you would think that that would continue on in, in their second and eventually their third matchup this year. I was amazed at how much the intensity was dialed up before the first game even got played. There were relocation jokes made at the expense of St. Louis. And it was like, wait a second, this this could be a thing here. This is going to be a rivalry that will eventually have a name and will capture the attention. It's one of those where when St. Louis came into the league, I'm not certain that there was a lot of people ready for there to be a natural rival for them. Normally, I mean, when Inter-Miami comes into the league, there's already a team in Orlando. There's a regional rivalry there. When uh, FC Cincinnati came into the league, there was a regional rivalry for, uh, for them in Columbus Crew. And... I didn't know what it was going to be for St. Louis, but I think it's going to very quickly become Sporting Kansas City. And like you said, that first meeting had such a huge amount of intensity in it. And also the fact that St. Louis City have come into the league in this first year and been so impressive, our top of the West, when really it was Kansas City who kind of set the model for so many years on on how to build, on how to be a sustainable club, even when you're not necessarily in the biggest market. Kansas City were the model team for a long time, and now this newcomer, this new team is coming in and kind of showing them up as they're currently below the playoff line. So there's a lot of storylines coming into it, and I'm kind of fascinated to see how much that intensity translates to the Kansas City tie of this. Excuse my ignorance on this next question. Have you done a a City SC game this year yet? Have you seen them live? 
I have seen them live twice away from home, but I have not yet been to City Park, which is definitely one that I want to go to. What's uh, As you watch them play, because they have a unique style, obviously the depth is such a big part of who they are. Uh, they have exceeded expectations. What have been kind of your general thoughts watching the evolution of this team as they've surprised the soccer world? Well, I think the most important thing that we've seen from this City team, and I'm sure the fans that watch them week out, week in, week out, are aware of this, is when you come into Major League Soccer, almost the most important thing to do beyond even the quality of players that you sign and what you build in terms of a fan support and and, and all of that, obviously that's all hugely important. But the first thing that you want to build is knowing who you are. And I think what St. Louis have gotten right more than just about any expansion club in the history of Major League Soccer is they know who they are. And they know the system they want to play. They scout to that system. They get players in that buy into that system that are obviously incredibly energetic and press and work hard. And I think that belief is the thing that has carried them all the way through the season. Because even honestly looking at the, the starting lineup on Wednesday night against FC Dallas, I'm looking at them going, how is this the team that's top of the West? You look at uh, some players that came up from the MLS Next Pro side. You look at uh, uh, some MLS journeymen uh, that have you know, both started and come off the bench for, for St. Louis City. And you look at this team and you go, how is it that they're doing this? And it's because they're so committed to who they are that uh, people like me questioning their backgrounds and questioning how much talent there is in this team has clearly served as a motivator for them. And they've just been so good at going out every single week and delivering on that identity. Yeah, the results might not go their way, but you know exactly who you're going to be. And you see a lot of MLS clubs that have been around for years, that have been around for decades, that don't know who they are, that don't know what they're trying to be. And at the very least, a a bad plan executed well is still better than a good plan executed poorly. And so they have a good plan, it's executed well, and I'm just so impressed that week in, week out, Teams can underestimate them and say, oh, well, we'll, we'll you, you look at the starting 11 and go, yeah, well, we'll take care of these guys. And you don't. There, there is not an MLS team that has not faced a severe challenge from St. Louis City. Is, is that uh, how much credit there to Bradley Carnell for what he's been able to do and in instilling them knowing what they're going to do and how they're going to do it? A massive amount of credit. And I think when you look at the coaches that come from the Red Bull hierarchy or have been in that Red Bull system, there is almost a cult-like quality about it. You hear Jesse Marsh talk about the way that he coaches his soccer. You talk, you, you see, you know, the former Red Bulls coach, uh, Gerhard Schuber and uh, Chris Armas and Mike Petke and all these guys that have come before him. They believe in the principles so intensely that the players can't but help and, and, and get on side. And he's also had some difficult things to do in terms of getting players to play different positions than they have in previous points in their careers. You see players that were brought in maybe with the pretense of starting and players with kind of lesser pedigrees, the likes of, you know, Kyle Hebert, who's, who's played a ton, is getting a ton of run at left back when, when you brought in a left back and John Nelson in the expansion draft. Um, you look at players all through the team where it's not necessarily just about what you've done before. It's about what you're going to do for this team, the energy you're going to provide, the, pre- the pressing and the defensive ability that you're going to provide as much as the attacking quality that forward players can add. So for me, it's just about how intensely he believes in what he's doing. And that comes across when you talk to him. That comes across when you watch them play. And I think a lot of these coaches that come from that Red Bull style, 4-4-2 diamond, play direct, counter press, run at opponents, and make their lives difficult, make them feel you, they just believe it so strongly that even though it's a risk when you have two central defenders standing on the halfway line and that's your last line of defense, 
and it can seem scary when you watch them play. And I actually got the chance to watch them play in preseason, and I kind of saw this coming. They played Inter Miami, obviously, before all the all the messy stuff arrived, and you saw them committed to it. And there was one guy who was leading it the most, and that's Tim Parker in the back four. He must have said forward, forward, forward about five hundred times in the course of one preseason game because he was just trying to get the lines up because. Yes, it's risky, but you've got to do it in order to buy into the system. City SC coming off a midweek game and traveling, sporting Kansas City. No midweek game, playing at home. How much of an advantage is that for Kansas City? A fairly significant one. I do think that you look at City, they didn't go very far in Leaks Cup, and so they've had some time off, and so they're ready to take this on. But anytime you go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and, and the, the opposition does it, that, that's such an advantage. And Kansas City as well. Is coming off of a lengthy break in League's Cup. They're coming off of a big win at home over San Jose Earthquakes. And so they'll be feeling good. And honestly, this Sporting Kansas City team, if you go back to when they played earlier in the year, it's, it's a lot different. It's a lot different right now just because they're so much healthier. They, they've, you know, they put together a little bit of an older team, um, but they were just kind of starting to get their guys back. And now I think they've found a much better run of form even though they went out uh, in League's Cup to Toluca, who are a very good side, they beat Chivas. They, they went all the way with FC Cincinnati when they seemed unbeatable. So I think the Sporting Kansas City team has gotten a lot better over the course of the season. And now with that rest advantage, it's huge. You're playing in the middle of the summer. And some of these games are being played in 95 degrees, 100 degrees. And so the idea that you get extra time in your legs, extra time on the training ground. Because one of the big things, too, is going into the St. Louis team they have such a particular style of play. And so you have to get ready for it. It's almost like going against the triple option in college football or, 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 or going against a, a different kind of, not gimmick, because you don't want to say what St. Louis does is gimmicky, but it's different than what you see from most teams. A lot of teams try and play with the ball and play on the floor, and it's not as intense. You're in for a game with St. Louis, and you almost have to spend the entire week getting ready for it. And still, you might not be ready for it. So I think Sporting Kansas City have something of an advantage there. But also, you look at the St. Louis team, they rotated a fair amount in that game against FC Dallas. I think they kind of knew that this Kansas City game is going to be a big one. They're playing at home. They felt like they can get away with a win, and they did. They got two late goals, and they were able to manage all three points against FC Dallas. But um, I think the St. Louis side will still be strong. But, yeah, when you're, when you're coming off a game two days before, even just the, the mental preparation for a game is so much different uh, than, than having the full week of training. Last thing for you real quick. I know you're involved with the Inter-Miami. What, how much have you just enjoyed everything that is Messi joining MLS soccer? It's been one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of in sports. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I've had the good fortune. I think I've called three or four of his games uh, for, for Miami's radio. It's basically like whenever I have off time from the, the Apple stuff, I, I get to call their games. So to be around it, and honestly, I'm, I'm a Miami guy. I've, I've lived there my entire life. And – I remember what it was like to not have a team. Obviously, St. Louis only just coming upon their team for the first time. So I didn't have a team for 20 years. So the idea that not only do I have a team uh, and, and, you know, in, in our city, they're capturing attention, but now they have Lionel Messi. You cannot go anywhere, not even just in Miami, but across the country. And I was just in Canada. I was doing a game in Toronto on Wednesday night. Uh, I've been, you know, probably to 10 different cities since Messi signed. And everywhere you go, you see jerseys. I actually went to the League's Cup final in Nashville. There were people on the side of the road selling knockoff Messi jerseys for anyone that wanted them on their way into the stadium. An away game and a cup final. He has just captured a level of attention that's extraordinary. And honestly, bar for the Wednesday night nail-nil draw against Nashville, the best part about it is that it's lived up to the hype. It's lived up to you have the greatest player ever 
in your league playing every night and people can tune in and maybe there's a little bit of an element of disappointment. There's not been a shred of it. He played nine games before Wednesday night and every single one of them featured a moment of magic of his and Miami, not only playing good games, but close games that had a lot of drama in it. And finally, you know, Nashville were able to, to deny them their first result that they weren't looking for in a game. So to me, it's the, the entertainment factor and the way that he's captured, not just Miami, but the entire country. You can't go anywhere without hearing or, talking about Lionel Messi in some way. He's Chris Whittingham. He'll be on the call this weekend for MLS Season Pass on Apple TV Plus as uh, City SC matches up against Sporting Kansas City. Chris, thanks so much uh, for the time. Have a great call this weekend. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right, very good. There's uh, Chris Winningham joining us uh, on the program. It's going to be a big one uh, this weekend. It was so much fun watching these two teams match up at City Park earlier this year. Just came back to that intensity. It really was something. Missouri football, they're going to open up their season in about 15 minutes playing against South Dakota. The voice of the South Dakota Coyotes, he's going to join us just before kickoff. He joins us in just a moment. That's John Thayer as we continue on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on K. Our sports open line rolls on right here on KMOX. Time to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line, and we're very happy to welcome on to the show. He is the play-by-play voice of the South Dakota Coyotes. They're going to match up against Mizzou tonight in Columbia. Game will be getting underway in just a few moments. Uh, But before that, uh, we're joined by uh, John Thayer. John, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm I'm doing good. It's it's a beautiful uh, beautiful night for football, and we're excited to kick off the season. All right, so um, this is probably the uh, answer that Mizzou fans don't want to uh, get a good answer from you from. But uh, what would be the reasons that South Dakota could uh, hang tough with uh, the Tigers tonight? Yeah, I think uh, you know you look at these matchups. Obviously, South Dakota comes in as the underdog to this, but uh, just uh, you know you start with being overlooked. If Missouri. Uh, overlooks him at all. I think uh, South Dakota will be, you know, ready to kind of answer that. And if South Dakota has success in this game, they're going to have to really play well defensively. I mean, they've got a really good uh, group at the linebacker position. They've got uh, some new defensive linemen, and and they're going to have to be really, really good uh, in this game. And for South Dakota, the defense starts with uh, with three guys or three. Uh, All-Americans and Brock Mogensen and Stephen Hillis at linebacker, and then Miles Harden, one of the best uh, cornerbacks in uh, in the FCS level, and so um, we'll see how those guys perform. And then offensively, it's a uh, you know it's a new uh, offensive coordinator for South Dakota, so they're going to have to throw in some wrinkles against a quality defense like Missouri, who's yeah, not only gotten better last year, but they 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 feel like they've gotten better this year. And so uh, South Dakota is going to have to really establish a run game. Um, they're going to probably play four or five running backs in this game, and if they can do that, they'll. Uh, try to control things a little bit and and uh, give themselves an opportunity. You mentioned Miles Harden. He's a guy who's on the uh, Senior Bowl watch list, uh, preseason All-American, returning All-Missouri Valley Football Conference performer. Is he the type of guy that can basically cut the field in half? He is. He's uh, really talented. You know, each of the last two seasons, he's only played in six games each of those uh, seasons. But last year in the six games, he had, uh, I think it was three interceptions and four forced fumbles uh, in his time. So, I mean, when he's on the field, He's a problem, uh, and he's a guy who, uh, you know, he might look a little bit undersized, but uh, he can jump out of the room and, and he'll go get the football. So a guy that certainly offensive coordinators throughout the course of this season are going to have an eye on. As you were prepping for this game, what jumped out at you about Mizzou? Yeah, I think when you look at them, they're, they're very experienced. So over the last couple of years, Mizzou has added 
a bunch of uh, transfers from the FBS level. I think on the roster they got 32 or 33 players that have starts in at least four games at the FBS level. And so that's a very experienced group. I think they're really, really good up front on both sides of the football. And, uh, you know, their running back, uh, Schrader, is, is very, very talented. And so I think, uh, you know, with that and then adding, obviously, wide receivers, I think that's going to be a huge thing for the Missouri offense this year. Somebody like Theo Weiss is coming in to help Luther Burden. They got a lot of attention last year and uh, earned that respect. But I think getting some pressure off of him with some added wide receivers is going to help this Mizzou offense. Does the fact that Missouri plans to play two separate quarterbacks make it that much more challenging for the South Dakota defense in preparation for this game? You know, I think when they look at it, um, you you look more at the quarterback change as um, no matter what player out there, the scheme is going to be very, very similar, uh, most likely. So South Dakota is preparing for a scheme. They're not preparing for an individual quarterback. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a third quarterback mixed in there uh, today, but uh, I'm certain we'll see two in this football game. And and, uh, I think, you know, like every game, these these coaches have to adjust on the fly and and South Dakota will be ready to do that. He is the voice of the Coyotes. He is John Thayer, and he's about to call the game between uh, Mizzou and South Dakota this evening in Columbia. John, thanks for finding some time for us and have a great call tonight. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me. John Thayer joining us here on the program. Appreciate him taking a couple moments with us. One hour down, one more to go. Another jam-packed hour coming up uh, during the 7 o'clock hour, including uh, Stan McNeil's going to be with us for in studio for an entire half hour. We're going to go through the latest Cardinals yearbook. The 2023 Cardinals yearbook is out. It is the Legend of Five, all about Albert Pujols. They did... An incredible job on this. It is so cool, and we're going to talk through it uh, with uh, Stan coming up in uh, just a few minutes after the 7 o'clock news right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.